How much time till we're on? We're on, Ron. What? We're on the air right now. Oh. <clears throat> I'm ready. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy. Here's what's going on in your world tonight. For Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. And World Gym, trained for the sport you play. This is Sports Day. Uh, yes, it is Sports Day for a Thursday night edition. And this is Scotty Sala, usually Matty Rod- Rogers or Jason Woogie Matthews. But they've both taken the night off for uh, personal reasons. Well, not really personal reasons because Woogie just wants to sit at home and watch the footy. He's getting his, over his Bali trip, is he? Yeah, and listening, uh, listening on SEN League, which we're going to have very, very soon. Because myself, and you heard that voice then, is Andrew McCulloch, former Broncos, Dragons, and uh, Newcastle. Yeah, had a yeah. great time, Newcastle. We've got to fit that in there. Good and uh, Queensland legend as well is going to join us tonight on Sports. And we are live from the Gabba, wherever you're listening to us from, whether it's on the app, SEN Fanatic, or whatever frequency you're listening to. Welcome to the show. As I said, we're at the Gabba for this clash round 22 of the NRL between the Brisbane Broncos, who are hosting the Roosters, who many are thinking may make a late run to the finals. At, at the moment, we are for 11, 11 minutes 40 remaining in the NRLW round two, and it's the Broncos hosting the Gold Coast Titans, and it was 10-0, early lead to the Brisbane Broncos. It's now going to be 10-all. With the kick, yeah, 10 8 at the moment with the kick to come, Macca. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks, That's Good to fill in for the boys who are away at the moment for different reasons. So, good to be here calling a game at the Gabba. A little bit different than normal, but um, yeah, it's good to see the girls out here at the moment um, putting on a good game of football. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually, a, it's funny coming to the Gabba. I've got to say, absolute nightmare to try and get into the place. Yeah. I spoke to so many staff about where are the media suites, and they all looked at me like I was speaking. Well, they didn't know, did they? Yeah. <laughs> like you had a good so, lady that brought me up all the way up here, so that was that was good. And the surface, I've got to say, of course, it's it's cut for AFL, which is a real quick, it's a quicker game across the ground than, than the rugby league, and it is a really low-cut surface. As we're looking down in front of us now on the Spitwater sideline, and... The Roosters have arrived at the Gabba, led by Jared Maria Hargraves, the big alpha male walking out the front with Lindsay Collins. Tell you what, boy, Cordner makes Jared looking a bit small. The moment he's been hitting the weights, hasn't he? Yeah, he's big, isn't he? Trent Robinson as well, and all the staff and players. Victor Radley, of course, we're going to talk about him a little bit later on in our Ream uh, update for tonight's clash. He was in doubt with hamstring tightness, but him being here now, we'll know an hour before kickoff whether he is going to take his place on the field. You'd think he'd He'd be right. Think yeah, be well, right. big clash for the Roosters. Obviously, momentum after last week. So you'd be hoping to get him back for a big occasion for them to keep their season alive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the show tonight, not only is there round 22 of the NRL, round two of the NRLW. Again, this weekend, it is an action-packed weekend of sport. We've got SEN football commentator Alicia Carnavaris, who's going to be on to talk about the... The, the World Cup to date, six days later, after the, the opening last week, sorry, seven days, which, which was New Zealand up against Norway and Australia up against Ireland. Uh, Australia playing tonight again against Nigeria. Yeah, it's exciting. This should be a good, big match over there at Suncorp tonight. Sellout. Brisbane Stadium, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah sellout. So, gee, the pubs there would be absolutely loving oh, at this time heavy, of year again. Heavy. Origin, Magic Round, World Cup. What's the place across the road, the... 
The brewery, yeah, brewery, um, the Caxton, all along there. Yeah. They would be killing it. SEN Cricket commentator Adam Collins, it doesn't stop the sport. The fifth test from the Oval commences tonight, about 8 p.m. Australian time. We're going to catch up with Adam very soon about what the conditions are like over there, what the Barmy Army and what the Australian players would have in store for them tonight. The warm-up segment, like I said, thanks to Reem. And it's all about previewing tonight's clash between the Broncos and the Roosters. And I suppose the question is, is this more about the Roosters and whether they can make a late charge against a, a genuine top four side? Or is it more about the Broncos and whether they are a genuine premiership threat? Because Gus Gould doesn't believe they are. No, he's come out with some strong statements yeah. during the week that they can't win it um, purely on their defence. So... I reckon the Broncos might want to set a you know a bit of a statement tonight about it, where they're at in, the, in regards to football, both on and off the ball, and what better opponents to do it than against the Roosters, who, strangely enough, are nearly the best defensive team inside the 20-metre line, which is strange. Who's it's that? The Roosters. Are they really? Mm. Good stat. Good stat. That's a crap stat, but it's a good stat. It is, but you wouldn't. Crap stat. It's a crap stat. What do you make of it? What you want, <laughs> but where they're sitting, and that stat's pretty strong. Yeah, zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. If you want to get involved in the show, if you're listening over in New Zealand, double eight double three. It's easier for you. Uh, not only that, we've got Chris Nell from Racing Queensland. He's got some tips for this weekend weekends racing across uh, across Saturday and Sunday. But tonight's games, I think, for the price of admission alone, we've got the best fullback in the world, and arguably one of the the best fullbacks of the modern era, James Tedesco, mm. up against potentially one of the most exciting players we're going to see for many, many years and Reese Walsh. Yeah, exactly. Both players, um, I guess, different periods throughout their career. One just starting out, one towards the back end of his career and such an established player for such a long time, done whatever you name it within the game. Well-respected captain and Australian captain as well, Tedesco. But, you know, Reese has just come on in leaps and bounds this year. Plenty of, um, you know, I guess excitement around him, not just at the senior level, but you just go to through any of the schools throughout Queens and they just want to see what Reese Walsh. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty popular, isn't he? Now, of course, we've seen today, we're not going to try and get into it too much because, yeah, it does fire up a lot of the listeners. Also, he can get a little bit confusing as well, but the RLPA and NRL dispute. Well, it's taken another turn today with the players tonight. Well, they're going to be covering the NRL badge mm. on their jerseys. And this is an increased stance, of course, following three weeks ago with the media boycott and in doing that, in covering the NRL logo up tonight, which I don't think does much, to be quite honest. They're also possibly covering up the major sponsor in Telstra. Yeah, well that's I guess that's the only way to sort of get it talking about as a major the major guys at, at Telstra to get them talking about the game or what they need to do, the power brokers, sorry. So, yeah, I'm not too sure where they'll go from there, but it's a talking point anyway. So from all reports, the NRL have told the RLPA they're going to take Andrew Abdo out of the equation. Mm. from a, a negotiation point of view. It's become a bit of a, a wedge, the relationship be, between both he and Clint Newton. Mm. So they've asked the RLPA, would they do the same? And from all reports, allegations are the RLPA said, no, don't tell us what to do. So again, we're arguing about who's actually going to be arguing about what they're arguing about. So it's, uh, it doesn't it seem... It sounds to... draining, doesn't it? Oh, it's, it is so frustrating. Honestly, it gets boring at times, but... It, Sounds like a bad marriage. <laughs> now, is that what you meant? Is that what you meant? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, been there. But um, in saying that, Macca, um, you know, you made a good point. We were talking about this off air. And there's many, many areas of the game they're talking about. And it's not about earning more money. We mm. know that. Um, I'll always side with the governing body, the NRL, because of the opportunity they give players. Uh, but in saying that, 
You made a really good point, and we'll get this really quickly off. Actually, we might come to it a little bit later on, okay? Because yeah, okay. we're, we're going to get to our, our um, former Matilda, uh, Alicia Carnavas, very soon to talk about the World Cup. I want to get your opinion around one of the one of the talking points is around when you retire, mm. when you need to get your operations. Yeah, okay, that's easy okay, enough. Okay, yeah. so I'll get your opinion on that because I think you've got a really good stance on that. Um, so we'll get back to that. Now, let's cross now to former Matilda Alicia Carnavas, like I said, ahead of the crucial match against Nigeria. Catley steps up right down the middle for Australia. And Stadium Australia has never been noisier. Yeah, that was the goal last Thursday night. They got the Australia the win against Ireland in the first round for Australia in the Women's World Cup. And the Matildas, well, they're looking to make it two from two in the FIFA Women's World Cup tonight against Nigeria at Brisbane Stadium. A big crowd expected. And joining us on Sports Day is former Australian player Alicia Canavis to join us to give us a bit of a wrap to date. How are you, Alicia? I'm well, guys. How are you? Really well. Now, you'd be a lot more excited than what the average Australian sporting fan would be because we've waited and celebrated the World Cup event. Um, now it's commenced. Uh, is it everything you thought it would be after six or seven days? I think it's a little bit bigger than I thought it would be, to be to be honest. I. It's a funny thing. We have so many wonderful sports that we're just bloody good at in this country and and football we sort of we're in the background a little bit but at the moment I just feel like it's just sort of shining light on the little round ball game and while it's a global you know global huge player in in Australia I feel like it's just almost like the start of something really fantastic so Mm. it's been awesome really proud yeah Alicia you had you know the first round obviously against Ireland had such a great win what could need the girls do to keep that momentum going after you know a high and such a low such a long tournament what do they need to do what are the key key factors to keep that momentum going yeah key factors is belief i know that sounds very cliche but uh, i mean they've had a few disruptions right one that happened pretty much on the eve of of the first match and now we've got a couple of new ones as well and so um, the belief system becomes ever more important and, and that Aussie grit becomes super important tonight because they will be tested against a very strong Nigerian team. And um, look, they, they've got the home crowd advantage, which is a huge, huge plus for them. And I'm sure they'll they'll lean into that during the match. But um, consistency and belief is just where it's at for them. There's not a lot else they can do. They're a little bit depleted in the attacking sense. And so they're going to have to push forward in, in different ways. Well, let's touch the, on the elephant in the room. And you just briefly touched on that uh, then, Alicia, which is, well, former soccer great Robbie Slater, he's been quite vocal about Sam Kerr's injury, this calf injury where she's going to miss the first game, the second game. Before we get your your take on this, let's listen to Coach uh, Gustafsson on Sam Kerr's injury. We've been as open as we can be to say it's a calf injury that's going to be reassessed after the Nigeria game. And most likely, just a heads up now in advance, that most likely we won't be able to give you an answer on that until the day before the game because we want to wait until last minute to see where she's at in terms of availability. Do you know to the extent of what her calf injury is? Is is the third game still obviously not a possibility yet? Look, I, I would say that the third game is looking pretty tight for Sam Kerr to be back. I've, I've been watching closely just in and around the training paddock and, and just what her participation level has been. It's not been high. She's been in the gym and, and she's working on all the strength element, but um, it's it's the sprint, right? It's it's the turn. It's the, the agility in, in football that really test out, particularly a calf. Um, and I, I don't know, Monday is four days away, right? It's not that, yeah. not that far at all. 
And I think if we're not already seeing her on the verge of, of some more dynamic movement, I don't think Monday's looking too good. Yeah. Lucy, you talk about a lot of tournaments and, and sporting teams that go into these tournaments and do, you, do they ever bring in anyone to have a chat with the girls about previous experiences or other sporting cultures where they have been successful? Can you give us a little bit of insight into that? Yeah, look, definitely it, it happened in my day and I'm sure it's increased now. I mean, we saw the wonderful Kathy Freeman in there with the Matildas yeah. just recently. and I think that was just sublime, like how amazing, goosebumps. But in my day, we had um, Wayne Bennett. He was one of oh, our, okay. our mentors for our um, Queensland Sting and, and national team as well. And he wrote an amazing book called um, Don't Die With The Music In You back in the day. And I actually took a lot from that and I still do. Um, now and I think there's some lessons that a lot of athletes will take into performance and preparation but just how they manage adversity as well so I think people like Sam, Ivy, Mary you can kind of lean on those other codes and, and how they battle through certain stages I guess of success and of course sometimes failures as well. Andrew had Wayne Bennett as a coach for many many years didn't you Maka? He did he's actually uh, quite a funny man behind the camera so yeah what you see is I not bet, always what yeah. you get in front of the camera. So no doubt you got a fair bit out of him. But, um, yeah, he's certainly a guy you would have got in there. But would have got a kick out of Kathy Freeman coming in. That's, oh, the, that was that's a, very iconic. That was an amazing response, wasn't it, Alicia? I, I saw the social media post from the Matildas. The the effect that she had on the on the ladies when she walked in the room, it was, it was like, an aura, it was like a yeah. group of school kids, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, they just all, all the I guess athlete ego kind of disappears when you're in the presence of greatness, right? And it's just something that that you know. And even me, I get goosebumps thinking about that. I was a 15 year old kid watching that race. I just come back from being a ball girl for the Sydney Olympics for the soccer, and just watching that was just one of those moments, right, in Australian sport that if you, you remember where you were when when Kathy raced, so extremely extremely special moment for the Matildas. Yeah, it's also about pressure, handling pressure mm. in your home country, isn't it? Now, if we win tonight, the Matildas go into the, the final 16, only after with a game in hand as well. So very important against Nigeria. But to date, Alicia, which country has impressed you in the early stages? Yeah, for me, look, Brazil are looking really, really sharp. They play in Brisbane on Saturday night against the French. Mm. I thought it was just beautiful, classic Brazilian football, which is, they play their own brand, right? It, it's just beautiful to watch when it comes together. So Brazil, for me, looks sharp. Um, in Melbourne, I, I watched Germany and Morocco play, and uh, Germany, for me, are looking pretty lethal as well. So both of those teams, different styles of football. Um, we have a bit of a history in this country when we play Brazil in women's football. We've got this little grudge match, I guess. If we meet Brazil along the way, we'll definitely see it, but Germany and Brazil, for me, looking the most sharp. Nice. Now, of course, Sam Kerr out still. Mary Fowler and Kai Simon is out as well with concussion from training. And uh, so, yeah, a little bit underdone when it comes to attack. But, again, let's hope that crowd gets behind us at Brisbane Stadium tonight. Uh, Alicia Canavis, thank you very much for joining us on Sports Day in what is, uh, has been a very ex uh, exciting week. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing time. And, and let's go to the Chilies tonight. I hope the whole country gets behind them and gets them over the line. We'll be back in a moment. This is Sports Day for Kia and World Gym. We're back for World Gym. Train for the sport you play. And Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023.
This is Sports Day. Yes, it is Sports Day for a Thursday night. Scotty Sattler and Andrew McCulloch here live from the Gabba. Halftime of the NRLW round two between the Broncos and the Titans, Macca. Ten all at the moment. It's a good game of footy. Both teams have had plenty of opportunity, but it's, yeah, it scores right on where it needs to be. Ten all at the moment. Broncos are all the running the first 15, but Titans hung in there nicely. Yep. We're going to get to some of your text messages very soon. There's one text message here from Rooster Muzz. He's a little bit dirty after watching the start of the NRLW. But SEN Cricket, of course, live from the Oval, ahead of the fifth test. Catch every ball live on SEN. An amazing call team. First-class coverage, of course, led by this man, SEN Cricket commentator. Adam Collins is live at the Oval. How are you, Adam? Good evening or good afternoon to you guys. Ever so kind. Yes, we've absolutely loved being over here for the last seven weeks. Back to where we started here at the Oval, where the World Test Championship final was was in the first week of June from memory. And here we are in the, the final week of July and so much to play for for Australia. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, set the scene for us again, Adam. We, we thought Carey Gate, second test dismissal of Johnny Bairstow, <laughs> was bad enough from Barmy Army um, and the Poms whinging. It must be chaos there now after the fourth test. You know what? It was for a little while, but I reckon mostly from those who weren't paying an enormous amount of attention. I reckon there was a, a fair bit of sort of hand-wringing about why isn't there a chance to have a reserve day when most people, the vast majority of people, know that's just not possible. Mm. Um, it probably does kickstart a conversation that we, that we should have about playing hours in Test cricket. There was a window probably, uh, in hindsight, to have played earlier on those mornings through the, the days where it was good, start at 10am rather than 11am and, and buy some time back that way when the, when the forecast was so bad. But you can't ask umpires and, and match referees to retrofit um, playing conditions to suit the, con the weather after the test match has started. So, uh, you know, that, that wasn't viable. And your, your broader point around the uh, energy in this series right now, I know Brat Sunderason was on your station earlier today joking that the English think they've already won this 7-0 on the moral ashes spectrum. Uh, and maybe that is, from their perspective, has some degree of truth to it. But in reality, Australia are 2 one up. They've already retained the ashes and a chance to win here this week for the first time in 22 years years. Yeah, Adam, Ian McCulloch here, mate. Firstly, what's your gut feeling at the moment in regards to Todd Murphy and whereabouts he'll be at the moment in regards to the team selection? I've seen him looking at the track this morning. I'd be very, very surprised if he wasn't on the team sheet. Using a spinner here isn't as essential as it used to be. Uh, it's been a, a surface that's taken to see more than spin and, and the ball hooping around in, in recent summers. And that's certainly the case in four-day domestic cricket for Surrey. They don't even bother using a spinner anymore. But um, it's a big ground square of the wicket. Uh, and I don't think Australia will feel comfortable going in with an unbalanced lineup. It was a bit different last week at Manchester when they knew the weather was coming on days four and five. They were able to lengthen that batting lineup here, uh, a more conventional uh, sort of setup here where they've already retained it. I'd be surprised if they didn't go in with a spinner. It'd be very defensive if they didn't. Uh, and it would probably be, we expect from the body language we identified at training yesterday uh, at the expense of Cameron Green with Mitchell Marsh retaining his spot. And fair enough. Yeah, certainly. So you feel there's a bit of a discussion about Marsh and Green. I know Green hasn't really been as convincing this series. So what's your bit of your thoughts on that, Adam? Oh, just that Marsh has come in and done exactly what Usman Kawaja did a couple of years ago and made himself undroppable. Uh, good on him. Uh, he's probably a smoky for the Compton Miller medal, which is the uh, the player of the series. There's one given out to England and one given out to Australia. It would take, it would take a fair bit to um, to to, uh, to, uh, to knock off Usman Kawaja, I suppose, given how well he played at Edgbaston and Lords. But yeah. my point is that he's walked into the side, made a runnable 100, uh, made a contribution in the second innings at Leeds, made a 50 at Manchester, uh, and it was unbeaten on 31. 
having gotten through a really tough session on Saturday, which ultimately is responsible for Australia drawing that test match and a couple of wickets at, um, at Headingley as well. So Mitchell Marsh has done everything asked of him since coming back into the 11 when Green had that hamstring. I don't even think it was a hamstring strain. It was a, just a bit of tightness in the hammy before Leeds. They rested him there. And as you so often see in, in cricket, if a, a new player comes in and, and grasps the opportunity. Uh, it's hard to overlook them in subsequent test matches. And, and so it is for Mitchell Marsh and, and good on him for it. Well, he certainly needed to jump at his opportunity. You look back over his career so far, he's been in and out, in and out. It's probably, mm. you know, at that point in his career, really, really needs to cement his spot. And, it, you know, to, like you said, I mean, he's taken his chances when he's got out there this series. So in tough conditions, mind you, as well. So he certainly fought back nicely mm. and he's, mm. he's let a lot of um, criticism off the back of that, which is good to see. Yeah, I love the Mitch Marsh story. You know, he was here four years ago at the Oval when he was recalled for the final test and took a Pfeiffer and sat in that press conference and Barat Sundaresan, a member of our commentary team, asked him a question about why the why the Australian public hate him and he front-footed it and said, yeah, most of Australia probably do hate me. Um, but, you know, that's changed now. Um, he, was a, he was a much-loved figure around the dressing room throughout that period when he was previously a test cricketer. You could see the way Pat Cummins responded on the balcony uh, when he made that, that century at Leeds. He was almost in tears and I, and I get it because Marsh has been something of a, a heartbeat inside the dressing room for a really long time he's you know he's 31 now he's not a young player anymore he's been around for a really long time and um, grasping the opportunity as I said before at Leeds and Manchester he's now given himself a chance to be in the starting 11 uh, when we go to the first test of the home summer which hasn't been the case for him for, for many many years so he'll need to stick the landing here it's not a foregone conclusion that his test career is going to be resurrected in the medium term but so long as he continues to play his role at number Number six and with the ball as well uh, he's giving himself a chance to excel in his 30s against the red ball too adam set the scene for us what are you looking at is it a green pitch or is it a car park and will it be weather affected <laughs> what's the forecast looking like they're not roads here anymore uh, that much <laughs> i do know i watch a lot of cricket at the oval I, I do surrey and county cricket so i've got a pretty good handle on the surface this looks like every surrey pitch <laughs> this looks like the quintessential uh, four-day surface or five-day surface where um, there's a tinge of green but it's mostly brown um, rather than straw colored there, there should be something there for the quicks early on there certainly was in the World Test Championship final. You might recall, gents, that India completely worked Australia over before lunch on, on that first day. It was David Warner who got them out of trouble. Um, feels like a really long time ago where, yeah. where it was mm. um, yeah, Shami and Siraj on that opening day and there were chunks taken out of the pitch and, and all the rest of it. I don't expect it'll misbehave in, in quite that way, but the lived experience here tends to be the first couple of sessions are really hard going against the Duke's ball, and then it settles down on days two and three to be a really good batting wicket. So that might incentivise Pat Cummins to bowl. I mean, we, we don't know what he would have done had the coin come down in his favour uh, this series, because it hasn't. He's um, lost four from four at the toss, but um, we know that the Bazballers of England love to field first, regardless of the conditions, and, you know, I wonder whether Cummins might be tempted as well, given uh, what they saw here a couple of months ago in that opening session. How good is it to hearing the... You can hear the, the contact of the ball on bat yes. behind Adam. Yeah, Jones. exactly. Outstanding. Well, now, I can I'll see... You, yeah, that, that's Mo and Ali, and Mo and Ali's batting in the bucket hat. I mean, you know, this bucket hat thing, right? <laughs> he's batting in the bucket hat against some throw-downs in the nearest nets of the pitch, and he's absolutely smashing it. So that's why it's so loud through the effects, Mike. He's, uh, he's ready to baseball himself at number three. Well, he was great in the fourth test. Now, what seems yeah. like a long time ago also, Adam, before we let you go, is that was your wedding. 
Uh, it was <laughs> day before the Ashes series. Now, will there be a second honeymoon when the fifth test is finished? Yeah. So is this Canada, is yeah, this Canada's yeah, honeymoon, is yeah. it? It's a part, it, it's, part it's a of very, me. very Jeez. fair point. It's a very fair point. She did know what she was getting into, in truth. <laughs> um, and we did realise that there was only one day in the entire summer uh, where we could get married, and that was the day before the Lord's Test. I know that sounds bonkers, but there were so many people already in England from uh, my life in Australia, it would have been a bit cheeky to have asked them to return in August when flights are so expensive at the moment. But no, we are going to Greece uh, the week after the test. You wouldn't believe what I'm doing. Um, two days after the cricket's finished, I'm, I'm playing cricket at the, the Gloucestershire <laughs> Festival, uh, and then we're heading to Greece the, the following day and, uh, and, and um, a little bit of honeymoon action. As much as that can be the case when you've got two young daughters, we've got a, a six-month-old and a three-year-old, so it'll be, um, it'll be all hands on the pump when it comes to uh, uh, you know, parenting, but we'll, we'll enjoy some quiet time too. And then straight back to it on SEA Cricket, we've got New Zealand coming out in September yeah. for eight white ball internationals, then the World Cup, then the home summer. It never stops uh, the cricket calendar. It's relentless in a good way. You are the envy of plenty that gets to very, go on your honeymoon. Very jealous the blokes out there. I'm tipping at the moment. So. <laughs> uh, can't wait to hear every ball of the fifth test live on SEN app with uh, remaining network stations to join the coverage after the call of the Matildas game as well. Adam yes. Collins live over in the UK. Thank you very much for joining us on Sports Day. Can the Tillies. Absolutely. It's all happening at the moment. Thank you very much, Adam. That's Thanks, Adam. Cheers. Cheers before, we get, before we get to the break, I just want to... I just want to read this out from Rooster Muzz. He's uh, a little bit cranky. He says... He's fired up, the big fella. Yeah, where is he? He goes, here he goes. G'day, Worm and Macca. The Broncos and Titans NRLW has not long kicked off and the players have got the NRL logo covered over their jumpers. How bloody childish. This will only work against the players. I've been advised they want to be careful from a legal point. That's Rooster Muzz. And we'll get so he's doing a bit of research, Muzz. Oh, Rooster Muzz doesn't miss a thing. Yeah, he's all over it. Yeah, absolutely. He also says, hey, Worm, regarding the Gabba surface, did the Gabba staff mow the grass, then do the edges? Because I mow first, edges second. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like getting your hair cut. Cut it all, and then you trim the edges. See, I don't mind leaving it there, because then I can just come back, oh, I missed a bit. Just take <laughs> your time. So that I don't think... But they're each their own, Sats. Each their own. <laughs> what? Uh, exactly. Let's get to a break on Sports Day, Sats and Andrew McCulloch. <laughs> and after the break, Chris Nelson from Racing Queensland. We'll be back in a moment. This is Sports Day for Kia and World Gym. We're back for World Gym. Train for the sport you play. And Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Scotty Sattler and Andrew McCulloch and Chris Nelson from Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. And always remember, what are you gambling with? Nelson, another big weekend this weekend in Racing Queensland. It is, as always, Sats. So evening to you and evening, Andrew. Good evening, Nelson. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Always so a good time to be uh, had with you guys. Yeah, so what's, uh, what's going on this weekend? Where are we racing? Well, we are racing at uh, Eagle Farm. That's our main meeting, Sats. We also race at uh, Aquas Park Gold Coast on the Poly Track, where the Premiership is going right down to the wire. Uh, Noel Callow is one behind Bailey Wheeler. So we'll see how that pans out on Saturday. It's the last meeting of the year. We've got Toowoomba in the Twilight Zone, Townsville as well in the north. 
and we're off to the Sunshine Coast, of course, on Sunday. And just some country non-tab meetings that feature their cups. The Bundaberg Gold Cup, the Caulfield Cup, that's C-O-R-F, not C-A-U-L-F, uh, the Middlemount Cup and the St George Cup. So if you're in the areas of those uh, cup meetings, get out and I'm sure you have a great day. Nelson, for myself and the people listening out there, what can I put my house on this weekend? That's <laughs> <laughs> always a good question, isn't it? I love that pressure. Uh, look, there is a good thing there at Eagle Farm, but I wouldn't suggest you put your house on it. Uh, race six, number four, Freedom Rally. One of Tony Gollins. You probably won't even get black figures, but gee, very impressive winning two starts back. Beat Vodka Martini, who came out and won last Saturday at uh, Doombin. Should be winning Freedom Rally. And race four, number three, Kanazawa. I think looks really well placed. Bar a wide gate. Just needs a touch of luck in the run and should be far too good for them. So might be a nice little multi. Race four, number three, into race six, number four. I love a, I love a wide gate, Nelson. Do you? Yeah, I don't know. Just get out of all the all that stuff that's going Hustle on. Hustle and bustle. Yeah, just yep. open space out there. I'll be out in the car park. That's all I want my money on. <laughs> the only yeah. problem is you'll cover about an extra 100 metres than any yeah, other exactly. horse in the race. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Chris Nelson, talk to you next week. Look forward to it. Have a great weekend, guys. And don't forget, what are you really gambling with? And for free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Chris Nelson there, Andrew McCulloch and Scotty Sattler here for Sports Day at the Gabba. And we caught up with Chrissy Nelson a little bit earlier on. And we just, uh, what are we, we're 27 minutes to go in the second half of the NRLW round two match, Macca, and Brizzy up against the Gold Coast. Yeah, number six, Gail Broden, Big 40-metre try there through the dummy at the end and score underneath the sticks. That was a great try. It's quick. It's, it's such a quick surface, isn't it? Yeah, it was a great try. I can't wait to see Tedesco and, and Walsh on this. Now, on the text line, 0457 736 736. We've got a text here, actually, from 422. says, just wondering how long a negotiation has to go for and continue to fail before you would consider it untenable. Abdo and Newton have proven over the 20 months that they can't get this deal done. They both need to step away. So 422, you are right. Andrew Abdo has stepped aside when it comes to negotiations. The RLPA, well, they're asking the RLPA to, for Clint Newton to do the same mm. as well. So yeah. now I don't want to go into it too much, but one thing that you and I spoke about off air, and I really liked your point on this, and you're probably the best person to talk to, Mac, because you're just recently retired last year, your first year out of retirement. So one of the sticky points around when you retire from rugby league is you need surgeries. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but the current CBA says that you need to get any surgeries and the NRL will cover them under their health insurance in 12 months. 12 months. Which is too soon, I've got to admit. And now you're recently retired and so what's your take on it? What's a good time period? Like, would it be five to ten years? Well, I know everyone's arguing about... Well, how many surgeries do you need? Well, I had one one knee knee clean out. I, I... I need a shoulder replacement, but I'm not getting that done till I'm older. Okay, yeah. So yep. if that's a fully um, shoulder replacement. But my idea was stemming from the fact they should judge every player on their merit considering how many years they've been in the NRL. I think in regards to players playing for 10, 15 years, should be able to reward those players with a longevity within the game and being able to give them multiple years, at least half their time they spent. So if they're 15 years, you get seven and a half years to obviously get your injuries intact. Um, take your time, get them all sorted, all those sort of things. If you play two years, you get one year. Hmm. I feel like that just pays the players for the, and rewards players for playing a game for so long 
and being so professional and put what they put their bodies through. I think you make a really good point. I've got to say, it's one of the it's one of the most common sense views that I've heard when it comes to just this one issue, which a lot of people out there will probably think, well, you earn a lot of money, you should be able to set yourself up for after rugby league to be able to pay for your health insurance, to pay for your pay for your surgeries. But it's like any job. If you get injured in the job and it stops you from doing certain things... Well, it's well you bit, miss out. Yeah, exactly. Well, so. you can make a claim against your employer. But in saying that as well, um, with, with surgery... It's not the priority when you immediately retire, Macca. Like you're no, well, you talk about mental health too, it? aren't you? Well, you talk about mental health and supporting families and, you know, costs are growing, all that sort of thing. I'm not, not complaining about the wage or money. I'm talking about timeline. It's also your profession. Professional, what have you been doing? What are you going to do yeah. for the, the next phase of your life? So being able to prepare, obviously, what you've got in place to tell your employee or what you may have set up. Look, I, I can't work for a year for you to give me a nest. Well, we might give that job to someone else. Yeah. I cannot do that. Well, let the guys sort of drip feed those injuries where you need your ankle, your knee done over a period of time. Allow the employee or your boss to actually accept that, to understand there's going to be certain parts of your working career after football that you may need some time out where you can plan it, other than getting three, four, five. I think Andrew Feet has got six or seven. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure of financial situations he's under, but um, if you've got a family and you've got home loan and you can't work because of those major injuries that because you've got to get them so done quickly within a year you know it, it is hard and you probably feel as a as an athlete you cannot do that to your family so you deal with the injuries and, and go from there and you want to talk about health and well-being of players mental health aspect of, of life too that's another big one so, yeah it's a really good point you make and then you look at guys like tani alatuaki uh and then you got um Simon Dwyer. Yeah, Drell Yeeye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, you'd be able to apply to the NRL for special circumstances. You, you only play a few years. Yeah. So but if you've had an absolute insane injury like those guys have had, which is, uh, that's what I was sort of meaning about judging everyone on their merit, you should understand that every player is different. Everyone plays longer or different timelines. So not painting everyone with the same brush and making sure they, they must do it within a year. Because you think about it, you have one or two months off, and you get, and you need to get a knee, a shoulder, an ankle, and a hand. Or how do you, how do you fit that in? Yeah. And everyone talks about retirement fund is 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 great. Very lucky to have that. But when when I first started, a lot of these players now, it was a, it was a, it was fifteen hundred or two grand for a season. Mm. You take tax out of that. You take whatever. That's a thousand bucks for a year. Things are coming. Yep. Overall, if you can play for a long period of time, it is well, but you do get whacked for a fair bit of tax on top of that, and then to support your family with that and the injuries, it's just going to add to it. So yeah, interesting. I don't want to sound like I'm whinging, but I feel no, like no, it, I just, think... it feels like on merit you should charge every player from obviously how long they played in the game and reward them for that longevity. So just to reiterate, you what had 14 years, mm. so you would have seven years. Seven years. Yep. yep. Seven years. Get one the first year, maybe the back end of the second year. Obviously, you got the timeline to do those things and to fix up your initial issues that you maybe have a year or two to sort out with whoever it might be that you need to sort these issues out to, to finish off. Yep. So. yep. 23 minutes remaining in this NRLW round two clash and the Brisbane Broncos leading the Gold Coast Titans. 16 points to 10. The Gold Coast on the attack. They've crossed the line, but they've been held up. Ali Brigginshaw underneath that tackle. So let's get to a break on Sports Day. Sats and Macca, Andrew McCulloch here for SEN League as well, the call to Brisbane Broncos and the Roosters game. And after that, we'll cover that game in the uh, the Ream warm-up segment.
We'll be back in a moment. This is Sports Day for Kia and World Gym. We're back for World Gym. Train for the sport you play. And Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. Uh, yes, it is. Let's wrap the show up very soon. We're going to do the warm-up segment. Thanks to Reem, except nothing less than Australia's best. That is Reem. The Broncos hosting the Roosters at the Gabba. Both myself and Andrew McCulloch are here. The Gold Coast Titans have scored. There's 20 minutes remaining. 16 all here. The NRLW round two. It's actually a good standard. Great standard, isn't it? Great standard. It's a good tight game with 20 minutes to go. So, You were just saying earlier on, you, you hope the NRL keep I keep hope they keep teams. it at 10. Just get the I know qu- the Warriors are coming back in in 25. Yeah, I just yeah. feel build it up for a while, uh, making sure, obviously, the quality, not adding another yep. you know, 30 or 60 players, however many teams you want to add in. Just build up the quality of players, get it used to it at this stage for a little bit, and just build it up and go from there. And then, obviously, it can grow. I think the cricket did a really good job of that a few fair few years ago, yep. building that up. I think the AFL didn't do a good job of it. Yep. If we're looking at scores and all that sort of thing and types of get rules that they try to change, I think they've gone too big too early, but that that's just my opinion. So. Yep. Let's get to the text line, and uh, after that we're going to do our, our update, uh, the warm-up segment, thanks to Reem, on this game. And really quickly here, we've got Steve says, I don't care about the RLPA. I'm more fired up about the little Parabasha rat. He's lucky I can't fight. Him tipping Parra to run 11th is ridiculous. Yeah, you're a little bit wasted. You're a bit fired up about that. Um, Glenn says, very quick text report tonight. It's an absolute waste of time being kept on hold for up to an hour, then hung up like 30 seconds. Thanks, Steve from Dubbo. We think, oh, we know who won, uh, Human Nature won the Dances with the Stars, Glenn and Glenda. Who are you pointing to there? Worm and Macca, the injury bizzo. It opens up a can of worms, says Rooster Muzz. For instance, what happens if you aggravate an injury post-career? Who decides what happened and when it happened? No, well, you can obviously go through your scanning process at the end of your career and what needs to be fixed. Yeah. They've got a procedure what you've had issues with before. You don't just get a shoulder injury three years' time without having spoke about. Obviously, you spoke about all your injuries when post you finish up. You've got to get scans and all that sort of thing get it done. So, so there's a history of it. History of yeah. it. Yeah, you can't just make one up yep. three or four in. Yep. I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. I remember David Kidwell did his knee. He said he was at his daughter's birthday party and he, he tripped on a toy or something and did yeah. his ACL. <laughs> Ridiculous injuries. Uh, also, good evening, gents. I don't mind a crap stat as a Broncos fan. This is Michael. Broncos score long-range tries for fun. Yeah, is that a stat? Speed. What? Is that what he said then? Is that a stat? Michael. Have you got a stat for that, Michael, that actually they do score long-range tries? Yeah, I was just curious, yeah. Okay. And Rat's on the run. That's why he's not here tonight, says Rubber Burrow <laughs> tomorrow. The Pentagon may confirm aliens in the next few days. See, Matty Rogers is a massive alien fan. He thinks there's another world out there. <laughs> do, do you know? Um, no. Um, you don't think there's aliens? Don't tell me you're into it what, as well. Mate, there's too many galaxies not to be something else. How many galaxies are there? Too many. <laughs> too many. <laughs> mate, there's something else, I'm telling you. Oh, God. God. Okay, let's get to this game. Oh, no. oh yeah, exactly. Oh, no. Thank you, Daddy. I'm with, I'm with you, Rat. Oh, I'm with you. You're both insane. Kevy came out during the week defending his side like any good coach should. Uh, this is on the back of Gus Gould. He's comments saying that he doesn't believe their defence is good enough to win a premiership. Before we comment on that, this is what he had to say. We worry about ourselves. I think Phil should be doing the same. You know, um, 
we know we've got some work to do defensively. We're aware of that, so we're working hard on that. But we have come a long way with our defence. There's a lot of belief from within our group, uh, both the players and coaching staff and everyone involved in the club. But we're not the, not the complete package yet, so we're still all working really hard to get that complete package. And when we do um, get that, and it's, it's not far away, I can assure you, we might change a few people's minds. Well, I think that changed a lot of people's minds this year. The difference between this year and last year, them falling away, Macca, is that Adam Reynolds is still on the field. Yeah, he is, and Pat Carrigan too. Yeah, I exactly. Think. But yeah. I also think those guys are a bit more experienced this year in regards to after origin period. They probably haven't dealt with that before. So those guys are one more year experience. You know, your Paynes, your Paddies, Fleglers, all those type of main guys. Adam's fresh. Um, but they've just got a good depth at the moment. So anyone who's coming to fill those injuries or suspensions, they've done a really good job. So, as I said earlier on, is it more about the Broncos and whether they can beat the Roosters and beat them handsomely as well to send a big message to people like Gus Gould? Mm. Or the Roosters, can they still figure in the finals? They're 12th, two points from the 8th, minus 88 differential. It's, oh, it's got to road. be on the Roosters, I think. I think there's a lot of... You'd probably, you'd probably think if tonight's not their night, then there's a fair chance their season's done. So... I look, everyone keeps talking about last year and Broncos fading. They're not going to fade this year. I just don't see that happening. They're well, their players are more mature. More mature. They? They've got yeah. the confidence, good balance. And they've got, let's be honest, they've had a fair, decent draw. Yeah. And they've got another buy as well. Yes. They played the Rabbitohs away, which was counts at Sunny Coast. So another week up at Twin Waters. <laughs> so there's no excuses there for the boys. They're a fresh team. They've got everyone there. So... Barring Corey Oates, they're, they're probably as close as they can be. Yeah, so Brennan and Piacora's ruled out due to sickness. Paddy Carrigan, of course, comes back. Reynolds still in the side as well. Uh, Reese Walsh spent a lot of time on the wing last week, but uh, he'll be back to full fitness. Tom Flegler. Big Fleggy, well. yep, yeah. the banana bender. Victor Radley, as we said earlier on, he is here with the side. He's racing the clock tonight to, uh, to be named. I reckon he'll play. I've got a gut feeling. I reckon... Well, the teams will be, be occasion, out, so. teams will be out very, very soon, if not now. And uh, he missed last week because of hamstring tightness. So looks as though that uh, both teams will be as close as possible to full strength. Mm. Should be yep. a great game and great conditions as you're sprucing about how good the turf looks, um, Sat. So it should be a good game. Okay, about a minute to go before we uh, we finish the show and head on to SEN League. Who wins by how much? Oh, mate, I'm just going to say it's a tight game. I'll give it to just the Broncos at the moment by four points. Yep. Thank you to Adam Collins for joining us from England for ahead of the first fifth test. First ball is about to be bowled in about an hour and five minutes. What that team is going to look like is going to be interesting. Alicia Carnavas joining us in relation to tonight's game. Victor Radley has been named as Mark Braybrook has just shown me the team list. So a big in there for the Roosters as well. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us on this Thursday night. Uh, it's not finished yet because we've got the pregame show. If you're listening to some of the markets, to our SEN League coverage of the Broncos up against the Roosters live from the Gabba. This is Scotty Sala and also Andrew McCulloch. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Sats. We'll be back in a moment. This is Sports Day for Kia and World Gym.